Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Football. Come on! Football! Football! Football, yeah! Football! Football! Did I miss a, a, a mimosa debate? In that last hour? Oh, yeah, definitely. Danny Cunningham was telling me that you, uh, I missed a mimosa debate. You did. In fact, our poll is up right now, and uh, you, you can go check it out. But mimosa, the Mackie and Judd poll is the debate on what is best with brunch. Mimosa, Bloody Mary, beer, which I picked, of course. You just drink beer for breakfast? Yes. And uh, <laughs> and uh, Danny came up with, uh, what, Tito's and something else, which is no, trailing. Tito's and Sprite. Yeah, Tito's and Sprite, which is trailing by a lot okay. right now. Which is a vodka set. You know what basically. Matthew drinks for uh, brunch and breakfast? Matthew Collar from 1500ESPN.com. You know how some people will like cut a coconut in half, crack it open, and then drink the coconut juice? He cracks a football in half yeah. and just drinks the mud out of the middle of it. Well, he loves football right, Matthew? much. Uh, you, you know, sometimes in special occasions, I put meat and potatoes inside of a football. <laughs> football. Yeah. But it's pigskin, right? So you're already, when you crack open the yeah. football, you're already, that's, that's already meat there because it's pigskin. Sprinkle some, some bacon in there, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Anytime a fullback scores a touchdown, that's what I do. <laughs> yes. Um, so that wasn't, we're going to get to Viking stuff, and I know that the question of the day as posed by you, and it's been a theme on this show about Super Bowl or bust, but... If you're a Vikings fan rooting for best-case scenarios, Bears shellacking Rams yesterday does not help, Matthew. Uh, no, not really, but, I mean, you would have had to have believed at all anyway that the Vikings were going to win the division, and I never did. I don't know about you guys. I mean, after they lost the game last week against New England, you felt like, okay, now you're watching Philadelphia and Dallas much closer than what was happening with the Chicago Bears. I mean, the only thing that concerns you is that if they can shut down the Vikings offense there, if they can shut down the Rams offense there, if that ends up being your playoff scenario where the Vikings have to go back to Soldier Field, that's about the worst place for them to go. I mean, it's that, that place is a hard uh, place to win when Jay Cutler is the quarterback or something, right? And then, you know, in this case, they have the top defense in the league. That's going to be even tougher. But as far as the Vikings' playoff scenarios, if they win this game tonight, I mean, it would be really stunning if they somehow fell out of one of these spots. I mean, it seems like the NFC has just plowed this clear path for the Vikings. I mean, the, the, the meltdown by the Carolina Panthers is just flat-out incredible to go from looking like a team that was going to battle with the Vikings neck and neck all the way down the stretch 
to now almost out of the race. And, you know, kind of the same thing goes for Philadelphia that was supposed to be a good team. And, of course, Washington had to pin their hopes on Mark Sanchez, so they're out of this uh, race now, too. And it looks like as long as the Vikings win two games, they should be set for at least one playoff game. And that, that's the key thing is Carolina, Eagles, Washington. Who scares you now? Like, Carolina is a dumpster fire. They have, uh, on the 8th of November, Collar, they were 6-2, and two, and they were looking pretty damn good. And guess what? Since then, five, five consecutive defeats, and they played the Saints next. So of those three teams, if you, if you were to say, well, the Vikings aren't going to play well and they're going to win one game or something, who scares you? Of those three teams, nobody scares me now. Yeah, the only team that should scare you is the Minnesota Vikings. Correct. Because if you, uh, if you look through their history, a little Google search, you might find that uh, some things tend to go wrong with this franchise. And, and when you look at these last couple of games, I think that for most of the season, we've all looked around and gone, okay, Miami, that's a win. Just put a little W next to that. Move along. Don't think about it. But you know, now Miami has a winning record, and they've beaten Chicago and New England. I mean, of course, both of those games – happened uh, at home for the Dolphins, but still they kind of have this sneakiness to them where they could be that team that comes in and surprises you. And going to Detroit, now I think we've all felt that Detroit has uh, given up on their coach you know, for a while now, and that, that should be an easy win too, but it's still going on the road and maybe uh, the team gets inspired that day to try and you know buck the Vikings' playoff chances or something, right? And, and with Chicago, you assume that they'll be uh, dead set with their position and maybe play Chase Daniel or whatever, but you never really know how this is going to play out. So, I mean, the only way I think the Vikings end up missing is if they go 1-3 and three or 0-4 oh and four and then somebody else you know, has a decent end of their season. But other than that, I mean, it is pretty much all set for them as long as they – just have a mediocre end of this year, and then it's a it's an all new start to the season, and that's kind of where the whole Super Bowl or bust thing comes in. Is that you know I know that Vikings fans are suffering from extreme frustration after uh, what they've seen the last couple of weeks, especially the games in Chicago and New England. But I mean, if if I tell you at the beginning of the season your team's in the playoffs, you're usually pretty happy, and it looks at this moment like the Vikings are going to be in the playoffs, especially if they win tonight. So I, I agree with the, with the, the previous point about the, the Panthers have lost five games in a row and have just turned into an embarrassment. The team that actually gives me the most pause, if you said, okay, which team is going to sneak up and catch the Vikings? It might be Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. If you Let's say you go 2-2 two and two in these last four games, you're the Vikings, and you finish 8-7-1. and one. Well, Green Bay... Green Bay would have to run the table to match your record, and the Vikings hold the tiebreaker. So, like, you'd still have to melt down considerably and Green Bay run the table. But Green Bay gets the Jets and the Lions in two of their last three. The game against Chicago is obviously the toughest one. Uh, but I wouldn't rule them out running the last three games with Joe Philbin at the helm, wasting two challenges in the first two minutes of every game, and then them <laughs> rallying to, to, you know, to make it right. That, that could still be an 8-7-1 Packers team. You know, if they had beaten Arizona, they would still be in some shape if the Vikings melted down. But even then, and so you look at maybe Philadelphia's got a chance, but the Vikings have the tiebreaker there. It's just really all set up perfectly for the Vikings. Uh, they they get a, If they can get a win tonight, which you don't necessarily count on, but if you're laying out these final four games, can you get two of them and lock it up? I, I think it's a pretty safe bet 
that they can do that, especially with the Bears winning. So my thought last night was the Bears winning might actually turn out to be good for the Vikings because if they're two games ahead and they can sit their starters, then the Vikings can get that Week 17 win uh, if they need it, if there's some sort of scenarios where they could possibly miss. Um, So when you know the Bears' defense was playing as well as it was, we probably won't see – Khalil Mack or Akeem Hicks or you know Mitch Trubisky might sit, Tariq Cohen might sit if you're talking about that type of situation. So that actually might have turned out to be uh, the scenario that the Vikings want. Did you by chance on Sunday see the uh, Patrick Mahomes pass collar in which he is looking right, looking right, looking right, and somehow throws left? I did see that, yes. That was, okay, the appreciation for the, this kid continues to rise from me because every time I think to myself, okay, he's made just about enough just goofy but great plays. You see a play like that. How many quarterbacks in this league can make that play? Rodgers, maybe? Um, Two or three, maybe? Yeah, maybe? Yeah. Including him? Usually, yeah, usually Rodgers looks where he's throwing eventually, though, maybe at the last minute. Yep. Uh, manipulating the eyes, yeah, that's what it's called. But, you know, with Mahomes, the, the fascinating part of that's right. When, when when I'm looking around on Sundays now, I I, only, I I just end up looking for my guy quarterbacks that I really liked in the draft that dropped for stupid reasons and I want them to win. Like it's the only thing in sports I root for at this moment is just quarterbacks who stupidly dropped in the draft. I mean Patrick Mahomes. I went back and watched a lot of his college stuff at the time he was coming out in the draft. This guy did things I've never seen before. I mean, if you go the John Gruden camp that ESPN does, Gruden is just falling out of his chair watching some of these throws. And I, I, I would say that you know Gruden praises every quarterback in some ways, but uh, if you watch enough of them, you see who he really likes. And I mean, the, the things that Mahomes could do in college were unbelievable. And then you know he falls into the exact right circumstances with Andy Reid, who is an offensive genius and continues to morph and morph and, and you know when Kareem Hunt thing came out I thought you know this won't matter as much as people think it is because the quarterback is the guy who's really driving everyone's success and that seems to be playing out so far he's he's way up there I loved watching him and Lamar Jackson go uh, you know toe to toe and seeing Jackson make a nice little touch pass for a touchdown at the end and lead a game tying drive and eventually you know what and maybe this comes with Kyler Murray I don't know Eventually, I think these football guys will be gone. These old school football guys who want the next Blaine Gabbert or Blake Bortles, who's very tall and I guess throws the ball hard. But uh, I, I think they'll start looking for better athletes at that position because weird how in sports being a better athlete might help you. Yeah, Kyler, I love it on the on the Pat Mahomes front. I love when teams make what are seemingly you know from the outside looking in risky moves. That well, boy, you better be sure. Alex Smith had a career year, right? Or like the Warriors fired Mark Jackson after winning fifty plus games two years in a row and brought in Steve Kerr from the broadcast booth. But sometimes the people making decisions, Andy Reid or the entire Warriors front office, they just know things and see things and have 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 premonitions that turn out to be you know coded in facts behind the scenes. They knew that Pat Mahomes was better. We all looked and said, I don't know, young quarterback. He's never played before. you got a 12-win team. Warriors knew. No, we need someone who can take this thing to the next level. Mark Jackson's not the guy. I love when teams do this stuff. So the, the interesting thing there, and a couple of people on Twitter discussing that with me today after I wrote the Super Bowl or Bust article, is if you were to go back in time right now on draft day, 
can you imagine if the Vikings had decided to draft Lauren Jackson and had stuck with Case Keenum as their quarterback or Teddy Bridgewater as their quarterback instead of going with Cousins? So when you spend it, as much money as you do on Cousins, it seems like the safe route. Uh, or I'm sorry, it seems like the risky route, but it, but it actually was the safest play they could have made. It was the most easily predicted, that you knew exactly what you were going to get with Kirk Cousins. Your team was going to be at very least competitive. This wasn't going to blow up in your face uh, with Cousins, but your ceiling was probably limited. Um, I mean, imagine that scenario. If they had drafted Lamar Jackson with the 30th pick and gone with Case Keenum and then everything else was the same, uh, maybe we'd have – Lamar Jackson is the Vikings quarterback right now with as much talent as they have on this team. And, you know, I think about that all the time with the Buffalo Bills trying to play it safe by trading down for more draft picks and the Kansas City Chiefs get Patrick Mahomes uh, instead. And it is amazing how many uh, sort of butterfly effect things play off of that. And I think that uh, Vikings fans now are, are looking back at some of this stuff and wondering, hey, how many wins would they have if Case Keenan was here? Or is Teddy Bridgewater's knee going to be fine and he's going to be the long-term quarterback for the Saints? Uh, it's, it's amazing how many sort of tentacles come off of the Cousins' decision. Your thoughts on Jared Goff after what we saw last night against the Bears? I think he's beatable, um, but they're going to get to play at home in the playoffs. You know, And, and that's such a, a big difference maker for him and the way that they play. And, and I'm not convinced because of one bad game in Chicago in the cold uh, on the road, you know, you know the, the thing about Goff and when he got beat up by the Vikings defense, it was also on the road. And I wonder about the communication of that offense. If that offense for the Rams re- requires so much communication right before the snap that if they go on the road, especially against elite pass rushers, if that's the way they can get beat, but because they've been so good in the regular season, they're going to end up being able to play at the Coliseum. I mean, I think Goff is a really exceptional quarterback. Uh, until he wins a playoff game and until he you know, takes his team to a Super Bowl and all those types of things, I, I think there will always be this sort of product of the system. Uh, but you know, I, I think last night was just a bad night for him, that when he's at his best, he's extremely accurate. He's a really great decision maker. And I think some things just didn't go his way, right? Like his left tackle got pushed back into his foot and he throws an interception and then the, the whole offense just seemed out of rhythm and maybe not sticking with some of the things that they had done so well. But I, I would still put my bets on him being a, a very, very good quarterback. But until he wins in the playoffs, he probably is going to be thought of as just, you know, the, the Alex Smith regular season winner and, and then can't uh, be dynamic enough to take his team deeper in the playoffs until he actually does it. Uh, that's Matthew Collar from 1500ESPN.com and the Purple Podcast. And uh, the front and center piece on our website right now is uh, is just asking the question, was it wrong to call this season Super Bowl or bust for the Vikings? So go check it out. And uh, late in the night after the Vikings are done with Seattle, one way or the other, you and Judd will be on the Purple Podcast mics. So uh, we'll look for that on the website too, Matthew. Thank you. We'll see you, Collar. All right. Thanks, guys. Football. M- Matthew Collar. <laughs> Go in peace with football. Football. <laughs> um, let's dive into that again. I, I got a couple thoughts for you guys on whether this season should be Super Bowl or bust. So we can dive into that when we come back. Football hour, Mackie and Judd expanded till 7 o'clock tonight. But first time to talk. What is it you're trying to say? Now, back to Mackie and Judd. What? On 1500 ESPN. 
All right, let's check traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. And uh, I got a couple crashes to tell you about. 494 westbound near Eden Prairie. Got a crash between uh, Prairie Center Drive and Flying Cloud Drive. Uh, it's causing a four-minute delay. And also 494 northbound uh, in Minnetonka. We've got a crash there between Highway 7 and Minnetonka Boulevard, causing a six-minute delay. In the first half, I thought we were, we were pretty balanced, you know, when you take out the third downs and, and, and those things. But there's, you know, during that mock drive, there was probably, you know, I went back and, and self-scouted myself. There's were, there were two or three instances where we threw the football, like on that first and 10 from around the 26, um, that we probably should have run the football. And, uh, you know, I made that, you know, aware to him and, and my thoughts on that. And, you know, it's just like anybody, you know, I, I look to go out each week and improve myself. So um, you're always self-evaluating yourself and looking for ways to get better. Football. When did self-scouting become a, a buzz phrase? In the NFL, I think Childress used to talk about yeah, that going into bye weeks. Uh, we're gonna uh, self self scout. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's been around uh, for. I feel like it's been around for 10, 10 plus years, probably. Okay, I'd say until I had never heard it before Childress, which would put it a well, which would put it approximately if he, he used it when he got here, two thousand six or so. Mm-hmm. Self scouting. Um, uh, um, we're gonna just or, uh, uh, go recap the. Uh, so good, good that John DiFilippo has some self awareness and some. <laughs> Willingness to admit that he was After wrong fact, on a yes. few of those plays. Yep. Um, so the question, do we have poll results for Super Bowl or bust that you can unveil here? It's been a theme throughout the yes, show. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Let me uh, let me scroll down to them. What did the Kirk Cousins signing mean for the Vikings? Super Bowl or bust for 2018, 10%. Super Bowl or bust for three years, 75%. Continuity of 2017, 9%. And 6% say, we want Bama. We want Bama. We just want Bama. We don't know why and we don't know how it's going to work, but we want Bama. But yes, 75% going with the Super Bowl or bust, yes. The answer is yes, but it's for the three-year period of which Cousins is signed. And I think those 75% are right. I think it's. I, I don't think it's, you sign Kirk Cousins, and if you don't win a Super Bowl this year, it's a failure. Well, every year in which you don't win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins and this defense and Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, every year is somewhat a failure because you're, you're one of those seven or eight teams that has the DNA of a team that can win the Super Bowl. You had the best defense in the NFL last year. So I think it's a two-part answer. Is it a failure if you don't win the Super Bowl this year? Yes. Is it Super Bowl or bust this year? No. It's Super Bowl or bust for the duration of you having the third highest paid quarterback in the NFL in his prime with these defensive pieces that many of them are in their prime too. And you signed him to a three-year contract. So I I agree. I think it's a three-year... now. Is this season shaping up as sort of a bust and disappointing? Absolutely, yes. Mm -hmm. There's no question there. But if the question is this, what potentially gets people fired? It's not this year. I don't think anybody, if they miss the playoffs, it's going to be a huge disappointment. And I think Spielman and Zim are fine. Now, if you get through the three years with Cousins and he walks away and you've got nothing for it, people get fired. So I think ultimately, if you come back in 19... If you've addressed your offensive line, if if you have uh, potentially addressed your offensive coordinator, if you have a system that's going to use Kirk Cousins in the right way and Dalvin Cook as well, mm-hmm. I think you I think you could be absolutely fine. So here's another Kirk Cousins related question. Then maybe maybe this is another poll. We're very poll happy on the show. It's mm-hmm. kind of fun when you see guys like Mahomes. And I know Goff was 
a disaster yesterday, but Goff has been wonderful the last two years. Carson Wentz has mostly been great for Philadelphia. Not quite as good this year as he was last year. Last year he was maybe going to be the MVP of the league before he went down. Mm-hmm. But the success of all these young quarterbacks, it does. It felt for a while, up until maybe five years ago, like one in every four quarterbacks in the first round was 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 a guy who you could hang your hat on as a franchise quarterback, and then there was maybe a couple dudes who stuck in the league for a few years, and then like one complete bust, if not more. Now it almost feels like it's flip-flopped where two or three guys are studs with the right insulation. At the time of the signing, I thought that was a better play than gambling on a Lamar Jackson or somebody or... But Deshaun Watson and all these dudes come out and they they all look amazing. Yes, and and I don't know if it's just a just a, a blip on the radar and we're going to go back to three out of every four draft picks being bust at quarterback. But it's hard. Now, I guess my question is: Do you regret if you could go back now? Would you roll the dice on a random? Fr- Obviously, you'd roll the I dice on know. Pat Mahomes. But if you didn't know that he was going to be Pat Mahomes, no, I wouldn't. I would do if I could go back now. The only thing, the only thing, and we talked about this at the time, and we will continue to say it. The only thing I would do is I would draft a guard in the first round. But that, but like the the guard isn't the difference between you and the Saints right now, though. But but the guard is the difference between giving Cousins an opportunity to be as good as Cousins can possibly be, which he's not. He's not being given that chance. I actually think this. I actually think this is the best he's ever played statistically. Right. Well, I just he's going to like break all of his own records. Let, but our whole and and if you recall, our whole premise about this team was this defense is really good. It's really really good. You need an offense that can just keep up to keep keep you in games at times. We never talked about that this offense was going to be the linchpin to the Viking success. We talked about the, the fact that could you get a quarterback who would be a step up from Keenum, and could you put that quarterback in a situation to be as successful as he could possibly be. Now, the scary part of what you brought up is this, and, and this is where, where the conversation takes a turn. Has the league, has 2018 signified a turn in this league, period, and it's just different now? Because mm. if, that, if that's the case, you could have problems. But I also thought bringing in Cousins was, to your point, Judd, to, to upgrade at that position, but also in that if their defense takes a little bit of a step back, which they have this year, they're still good, but they're not as good as they were last year, that could Cousins be a guy to sort of make up for the little bit of a drop-off that you had defensively where he'd be able to generate a little bit more offense consistently for you if you found yourself down by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter? Can he bring you back in a game once in a while? Not all the time. You don't want to rely on him to do that all the time. But can he do that when you need him to? Like like he did at Lambeau Field when they were down, what was it, 20-7 to in the fourth quarter? And he came back, brought him back, and if Carlson makes those kicks, then they probably win that game. I thought that's why they brought in Kirk Cousins, to where he could do some things that Case Keenum couldn't. Whereas Case Keenum was Case Keenum played great last year. He did he put up some good numbers. But if you were gonna ask him to bring them down or bring them back from being down by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, Case wasn't gonna be able to do that ever. Like they fell behind twenty-one to seven in the NFC Championship game, and that game was over. It was done. They had no shot. Whereas Kirk Cousins, you brought him in to where if you fall down twenty-one to seven in the NFC Championship game, can Kirk bring you back? But then, to, but then to that point, you also have to put him in nearly ideal conditions for him to do that, sure. and they failed. We're also trying to. It, it's not like you just take the same 
peripheral you know circumstances from last year and you bring them into this year and change the quarterback the schedule's harder the defense has had more injuries coordinator's different the coordinator's different the chemistry is different up and down like things happen and guys the ages are different of certain players so it's not the same circumstances just for fun i want to mock mock I'm just kind of curious. I pulled up. I think that's the first time we've done this on the show since I think it like is. last summer. Yeah. So yeah. I have from CBSSports.com. Hold on. Let's make this official. From CBSSports.com. Is it Pete Presco? It's a, some guy named Chris Trapasso. Tra- Trapasso? Not familiar with Chris's word. Trapasso. P-A-S-S. There's a football word in there. I just wanted to know. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I just wanted to know. Where are the quarterbacks projected now? As we're getting toward the end here, bowl season is upon us in college football, and you start to see where quarterbacks fall. It's not a super quarterback-heavy no, draft. It's not. But you have Drew Locke from Missouri is is projected, according to CBSSports.com, to go six to the Jaguars. And I actually I think this dude from uh, Ohio State, Dwayne Haskins, is mm-hmm. very intriguing. He's breaking all Heisman of the finalists. He was, and yeah. he's breaking all of the. Ohio State passing records, and so there's a couple interesting prospects in there. And then if you go further down here, where's Will Greer? For West I don't think they have him in the first round. Not playing his bowl game. God bless him. Mm-hmm. So they only have two quarterbacks going in the first round. Okay. So I know that it's not a super quarterback rich draft, but right now, mm-hmm. if you had a chance to swap out Kirk Cousins and you no longer have to pay him twenty seven million dollars, you can just hey, it was a good fun year, didn't work out that well. <laughs> And you get all that money back toward the cap, minus the $6 million to the cap you'd have to pay a new quarterback, right? And you could grab either Drew Locke or the Ohio State kid or Dwayne Haskins. But then you get to beef up offensive line and free agency, et cetera. Would you go that route? Or, so Lamar Jackson has started four games and he's pretty inaccurate as a thrower and he's not a great touchdown interception guy early on, but he runs for 100 yards a game. Like, would you right now take Lamar Jackson for $5 million if it meant getting rid of Kirk Cousins' contract? On this team, absolutely absolutely not. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't either. Because I don't have the faith that the infrastructure exists to develop said players. And I think the Cousins signing is very much an acknowledgement of the Vikings that, that for the most part, they feel that Rick struggles to find a quarterback. I think they signed... According to what evidence? And Oh, I was going to say, just Christian Ponder. But, you know, if you go if you go back and look, in some ways, if this team... Let's say we get through three years of Kirk, and it doesn't work. They make the playoffs a couple times, but they don't get close to, to what the goal was. And Zim either gets fired or steps down. I think the end result, the, the final story on Zim is largely going to be the fact the day that Teddy broke his leg, his plan was destroyed. I think his plan was Teddy. I think when you see how oh, absolutely no, but when yeah. you but yeah. when you see him talk about QBs and for the most part how much he despises them. I mean, he has to play them, but he doesn't really like them. And then go back and see him talk about Teddy and how much he loved that kid as far as his, as his on field abilities, as far as what he brought to the locker room, all of those things. Mm-hmm. The day that his leg snapped, I think, is really going to be a huge part of the. Zimmer story, and if it doesn't have success, that's going to be 
a reason why. Okay, another hypothetical layer to this. If the Jacksonville Jaguars said, hey, we'll give you a fifth-round pick for Kirk Cousins or a fourth-round pick, just a middle-round pick, and we'll take the whole, the, the, we'll take the two guaranteed years on that contract because we just need someone who's better than Blake Bortles, and we trust Kirk Cousins. And it meant you signed Teddy Bridgewater in free agency to a three-year contract for far, far less, for like, for like half the money. <laughs> Yay or nay right now? If I did it, I, I pull. I, I pull the trigger. I do. I pull the trigger, and then I sign the best offensive guard on this the market like another for fifteen million dollars. This sounds like a potential poll again. <laughs> if I if I did it, and I, like I Kirk, would. But... If I did it, I would draft another quarterback though. And, I, and, and, and Teddy Bridgewater. Okay, You'd have Teddy Bridgewater yeah. and a, oh, but no brainer. Then play, yeah. play this out though. Do, do do I get a clean bill of health completely? Do the doctors come back and tell me Teddy is the leg is fine now? Because if the doctors come back and tell me the leg is fine. Speculation. It's incredibly tempting. I mean, oh, it's yeah. Mike's guy. Mike loves him. Well, no, he's obviously he's like healthy enough no, to be but, on a football no, field. No, but I'm saying he they, played wide receiver for a snap against. Yeah, the I, but they weren't going to hit him. But if they, but if the doctors come back and tell me the kid is absolutely fine, it was a fluke. It'll never happen again. Nothing's wrong there. That's a very tempting path to go down. Isn't it amazing though that we are 12 games into potentially. 48 of Kirk Cousins, and we're already like speculating about like, should they get rid of him and move on yeah. to a different and it's not, direction? And he's not even that. Let's, okay, let's keep this going. Let's keep this going when we come back. Cause yeah. it's not even, he's been like, he's gonna throw he's for 4,000 plus yards. He's fine. But it's the money. Yeah. And You're right. You free up. If, if he goes away, you free up a ton of cap room to do yeah. a lot of good things. Uh, so it's it's expanded Mackie and Judd until 7 o'clock because we want to lead you up close to Vikings kickoff and Vikings vent line later on tonight. You'll be able to uh, to find Judd and Manny Hill. Let's talk about Toyotathon for just a second. The Toyotathon is on right now at Luther Brookdale Toyota, which is the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities, if you haven't heard. And some of the Toyotathon highlights include 0% financing for 60 months, on 2019 Highlanders and 2018 Tundras. Spaciousness, durability, those winter months, It's it was snowing this morning. I know the sun came out for a while, but you need something that's going to trudge through the snow and trudge through the conditions here for the next three or four months and for the next several years or however long you, uh, you own the vehicle for. 0% financing on the, the brand new Highlander and the 2018 Tundra. You can also get customer cash on 19 different models. 19 different models. And $750 lease cash or $500 APR cash on a brand new 2019 Corolla hatchback. It's Luther Brookdale Toyota 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Just hold your ass right there. On 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Okay, then. On 1500 ESPN. I don't know of anything that they, I don't think they felt uncomfortable as we were driving. I just think, uh, you know, the first play they brought his own pressure and, and Diggsy got open over the middle. And then, uh, you know, Rudy was in man coverage, made an unbelievable catch in the seam um, in tight coverage. So, you know, they, they defended it well, but. You know, guys were making plays, and um, you know we were just able to stay ahead of the chains and kind of stay out of third downs and just um, find ways to be explosive on that drive. Football. Kirk Cousins talking about that drive right before the half against the Patriots, where the Vikings went no huddle, and so, sometimes though it's easy to see a team go down the field and no huddle and wonder, well, why don't you just run two minute drill the whole game? Right. Well, okay, but there's 
the the Patriots are also playing a little softer coverage and different Chip, things. Chip that go Kelly into tried it. to do it for a whole game and it didn't work yeah. out quite as well. Guys tend to get yeah. a little bit tired. Yeah, that too. If you have a lot of depth, maybe you can do it. If you got like five offensive backup offensive linemen that can rotate in, like in hockey, <laughs> yeah, well, that's hard to find. Yeah. But we were just looking up Kirk Cousins' numbers during the break, and he's been exactly as advertised. He's he has a a career high completion percentage, seventy one percent completions, which is still way behind Drew. Drew Brees is going to break the record. Uh, he's going to throw for 4,500 yards, which would be the second highest yardage total in his career. He averages just under 300 yards a game. He has a 99.1 passer rating, which is close to his career high of 101.6 and still has some room to to grow that. Mm-hmm. And he has 23 touchdown passes, which is just six behind his previous career total. So if he can throw seven touchdown passes in the final four games, which seems attainable, he's going to break those records. So he's been exactly as advertised, but it's amazing how quickly some of these young quarterbacks have passed him on the list, even from the time the Vikings signed him. Yes. Wouldn't you say there's at least three quarterbacks that have jumped above him on the... Well, Kirk Cousins is the 12th best quarterback in the league when you signed him, or, or whatever. Well, he's got to be 15 now, because Mahomes passed him, Goff passed him, uh, there, there's others you could split hairs on. That's the problem. You've, you've locked into well, an average quarterback at... Top three money in yeah. a salary cap league, and and he's and he's a very nice QB to have circa 2012. But my question is, have we turned a corner in how offenses are going, are going to function, not just in 2018, but become even more refined into 2019? And now you've got this guy who is, you know, an old school car, not a bad car, but he's an old school car, and mm-hmm. all and all these guys are zooming past him. That would be my concern in a salary cap league. Where you are now occupying a huge portion of that cap with a guy who who is nice, but the game is passing him by, and there is nothing that can be done about that. You can't change him. He's not going to change. Mm-hmm. He is. That's the thing. Anyone from Washington would come to a Vikings fan right now and say, "I could have told you this," and it doesn't make him a bad quarterback. He's not a bust, but there's not. But there's nothing that he's done that you watch him play and say that's different. It's not. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. When you watch Pat Mahomes play, it's way different than anything else in the NFL. When you watch Aaron Rodgers play, Pat it's Mahomes way different. Pat Mahomes is looking right and whipping the ball out left, and I have no bleeping clue how he's yeah. doing it. It was also a dangerous throw across your body. I wouldn't advise that again, but it was awesome. Oh, I enjoyed it greatly. 651-646-8255. Paul in Minneapolis. You're on with Mackie and Judd. Hey guys, how are you? What's oh, up, Paul? What's we were just we we're just wondering where you've been the last few months. I I called Judd last week to chastise him for not twittering me, but uh, Phil, you're never there, so I never get to talk well, to him. I'm on, just from, ripped I'm us on both. from four to six. You just ripped us both. <laughs> <laughs> it's not twittering you; it's tweeting you back. I think. Whatever. I'm still trying. To, I'm still trying to figure out. For some reason, I'm not getting any notifications when I'm retweeted now, and I, and I, I can't figure out why. I, Whatever, what I can't. Is it possible that no one's retweeting your stuff because you got to step no, your Twitter game funny. up? No, what's funny is Judd re- retweeted me last week and like four times. It was in my notifications, and then all of a sudden they all disappeared. And I'm sitting there going, what What button did I just push? Yeah, he was drunk when he retweeted you and then woke up the next morning and undid all of them. <laughs> that's what I thought. The only part I of that's true. <laughs> the undid is not true. Oh, boy. Uh, I have a, an issue with something. I think it was Judd. Judd, or you, or you said, Phil, where you said, and we're locked in now with this used car or whatever you said. The, uh-huh. the, the, the point is, though, what 
other choice do we have? It's not like if we didn't sign Cousins, Pat Mahomes would have been ours or Baker Mayfield or anybody else. What other choice did we have? We had, we had to pick. Even now, uh, let's say we didn't have Cousins and we had Keenan for this one year. Well, what would we do next year? What choice do we have? We're not going to draft some phenom. What choice do we have? Yeah, Paul, it's a good question, and we do have to wrap with Ricey here. A lot of this is just is wondering if Kirk reckless Cousins... Speculation is what this a lot of it's is. reckless, yeah. Like, Lamar Jackson would have been someone who's out there. If you've enjoyed what you've seen from Lamar Jackson the last four weeks and thought, oh, he looks good in purple, wondering if it was like a different type of purple that he could be wearing. That And he would have come at a cost that was, what, 20 to $25 million cheaper per year. And my only point is this. Was the Vikings' timing incredibly bad? I'm not or faulting them. Unlucky, maybe. Yeah, I'm not faulting. I'm not saying for one second that they should have gone in a different direction because I don't know that. And Case Keenum has been basically a bust, okay? So the move from Keenum to Cousins is absolutely the correct move. What I'm wondering aloud is, did the Vikings lock into a guy with a three-year contract at a time when offenses are changing greatly and, oops, it just happened, and now you're sitting there and you're locked in and you're saying, is this the best choice? Yeah, and and for the record, when they made the signing... It was the right signing. I agree. But now in this hypothetical land of if you could go and do something different, would you play that card? That's the question we've been kicking around. It's kind of like if you go back to Aaron Rodgers drafted in 2005, it's easy now to say like, well, should the Vikings have moved on from Dante and taken taken Aaron Rodgers in 2005? Judd actually believes that they should. (laughs) That's been my hot take for years now. Huge fight. Even though Dante was coming off a season where he was... Runner-up yep. for MVP in the league, threw for 4,800 yards and two 39 picks. touchdowns. Two picks. And, yeah. Stop the free fall. Hey, let's let's wrap with... Then when they go into this postseason, you can uh, have some optimism. If they lose tonight, they're complete frauds. They'll still probably make the playoffs, but don't worry about them. It's one and done. If they can't go out and win this game tonight, and I mean, you know, go out and beat them. Uh, then I think they're frauds. Then they're six, six, and one. All they got to do, by the way, is win two of their last three. Even if they lose tonight, they're going to get the sixth seed. But uh, it won't make any difference. They won't be able to beat anybody. I think this is this is the game to tell you whether they got it behind the left nipple, as uh, as Bud Norm Van Brocklin used to say. Do they got any harder? They bunch of frauds. We'll find out tonight. Patrick, what happened to this conference? I thought this conference was going to be good, aside from let's say two or three teams below the Vikings now. The Vikings are going to have to actively work not to make the playoffs. Well, yeah, they'd have to lose to Miami. The good thing is, if they lose tonight, when they play the Bears in Game 16, the Bears will be resting everybody. They won't have to play anybody because they'll have the division wrapped up and they'll be locked into into having to play in the first round in all likelihood. So uh, they'll have nothing to play for. So that'll be a walkover for the Vikings. But... uh, uh, you know, I I don't know what what happened to uh, several of those Carolina. What a tank job, man! Alive, they were weren't they six and two? Yes. Yeah, they've lost five in a row. Yeah. Five in a row. Cam has been terrible. Every time, I mean, he makes some plays during the game, but when he's what about three weeks in a row, he's had a chance to make a play at the end of the game and win the damn thing, and he misses the guy by seven feet. He's awful. I don't know. He's uh, he's been terrible, and uh, they've. Uh, 
I, I don't think it's all Norv's fault, but uh, yeah, there's just a lot of teams that went in the tank. Dallas, I mean, that is a pretty mediocre team to now be in a dominant position <laughs> to win a division, isn't it? Uh, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. uh, although Philadelphia's got a, the old injury excuse, you know, I mean, they've had what do they got? They've used 11 different defensive backs or something. It's, uh, they don't have any of their defensive backs left. So, Hey, anyway, Harold Baines, Hall of Fame, your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts is they have, uh, this, this committee who's ever on it has put the writers in a horrible position when we're electing, regu- you know, when we're making our votes. Because now if a guy doesn't get in, well, Harold Baines is in. Why isn't this guy in it? I don't know. It's brutal. It's, uh, I got to think that uh, they're going to look at their committees again. He never got over 6.1% of the, the uh, votes of the, uh, of the uh, writers. Uh, a guy who, you know, I can see having a committee to look at guys who narrowly missed or, you know, want in the, you know, got over 50% or something. But a guy who's got 6.1% of the regular ballot should never even be considered. I have no, he was a good hitter, but, uh, I mean, there's 25 guys I haven't voted for that I'd vote for before I voted for Harold Baines. I got to go back and, I already said in my ballot, I, I like to go back and ask him to get it back and let me vote for Fred McGriff, my God, if, uh, if Harold Baines makes it. It's brutal. Pat, Joe Maurer, and I don't know. Like I, oh, he's a Joe, slam dunk now. But that's the thing. Joe Maurer is much more worthy of Hall of Fame, even though he played half the seasons, than Harold Baines. There's, I, I, I hate it when people put, oh, a guy played for 20 years, and we're going to put emphasis on the fact that he just stayed in the league for 20 years, and he was a really good player, but... I'd he was rather a good hitter. He didn't play in the outfield the last twelve years. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was he was a de- he was uh, he was good. He should be a White Sox Hall of Famer. He should be have his number retired by the White Sox, but he is not a Hall of Famer. They better let Tony in now next time around. My <laughs> God, Harold Baines, you can't mention him in the same sentence as Tony. Hey, here's the other thing. So here's the litmus test: if you played for twenty years. And 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 there and someone's on the fence about whether they should vote for you for the Hall of Fame. If you can't ever in twenty years lead the major leagues in one meaningful category, yes. you're not a Hall of Famer. No, no, he's you know he's twenty never, years. No, yeah, twenty years, never, never RBIs, never batting average, never anything, never home runs, hits. Yeah, I don't know if I have time here, but uh, my favorite ever Harold Baines moment. Yeah, you got three R- minutes. You're good. RD is in the middle of uh, Davis is in the middle of some of his fantastic meltdowns, you know, and I can't even know what year it is. But he comes in to face the Mighty's down in Comiskey, and he hits a complete mess. You know, I don't know what the lead was, but he probably had two run lead, and now he's got. You know, he's walked two guys and given up a hit and given up a run, and there's like guys at second and third. And he throws a slider to Harold Baines and strikes him out on a 3-2 count. He throws him a breaking pitch. And nobody on the field for the Twins moves for like four (laughs) seconds. And finally, R.D. pumps his fist up in the air. These guys were so shocked that he got him out. Nobody moved for four seconds. It was hilarious. Oh my god! Yeah, he was a good hitter, but my god, it's a joke. It's it's I I don't know. It's it's uh, I have always defended 
are voting. And, you know, I know it's easy to point out, hey, this idiot didn't vote for Ken Griffey. Well, there's in any, every group there's idiots. But now I, I don't know. There's no sense in even voting anymore because <laughs> if, if you're going to let Harold Baines in, my God, let's, let's not even talk. Let's, this is worse than when all those old drinking buddies let Rick Farrell, the catcher, in, who was basically... Uh, you know, Mike Redmond. (laughs) They let him him in the Hall of Fame. He was a 250 hitter and a backup catcher, and uh, they used to drink with this guy. (laughs) They broke up the committee then. Frankie Frisch was running the committee. They broke it up. But now this is, I got to think, the Hall of Fame, Cooperstown, and uh, those guys, they're going nuts over. And it comes out on a Sunday night. That's what I love. NFL season, it comes out on a Sunday night. I mean, yeah, well, it's like, uh, you know. I'm trying to hide it. I saw that. I saw the like, news. I'm like, wait, what? putting out the climate change report <laughs> on a Friday after Thanksgiving. They don't want anybody to know it. It's a Hall of Fame news dump. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's bad when you got a Hall of Fame news dump. <laughs> we elected this guy. We're not really happy about it, but we elected him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's terrible. It's awful. I feel sorry for the guy because he's going to, you know, he's, the ridicule is going to be immense here, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Just, just yeah. awful. At least Lee Smith led the league in saves four times. I mean, at least he can hang his hat on something. But. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big relief pitcher guy. You got to be the 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 best of the best of the best to make it as a relief pitcher, in my opinion. But uh, you know, you, he's a guy that got a lot of votes anyway. I mean, six percent of the vote. Yeah. Johan Santana should be in the Hall of Fame. Yes. No, that's true. Yes. He got now that's true. the ballot the first time. Yep. He's more, he's as worthy as Harold Baines, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Yes, preach. All right, Pat, we'll talk to you tomorrow. See you, Royce. All right. Uh, also, uh, Royce Unchained tomorrow and, uh, yes. and and Royce Untouch Mall. We're, we're back for another hour. Mackie and Judd leading up to Vikings. It's the old Seahawks. days, four hours. <laughs>